3: Oh, okay. are you going to say your name?
2: My name is Maddie. If you, I mean, probably know who I am by the
3: energy. Yeah, but people might be new. There might be some new sister oh, listeners going on. So you have to introduce
2: yourself. New sister listeners. Oh, hello. So, welcome to the sisterhood. My name is Mads. I am the younger sister, the resident young person of the pod. And I
3: am Scout, the resident old person of the pod. And we are sisters IRL and the co-hosts of OK Says Podcast, which you have clearly pressed play on. Welcome.
2: It was a good decision to press play.
3: Um, Okay, so incredible news on my behalf in my life. This is
2: huge, and I
3: can't believe it took me so long to realize it. And I don't know what the cause is, which is kind of a bummer. um, Because if I change any part of my routine, this might come back. I don't have blackheads on my nose anymore. Whoa. Look at this shit. It is clear. I mean, I I could Still see them, but they're not as apparent. Oh no, mine were like black dots yeah. on my nose. Yeah, and same And now girl. it's like it's smooth.
2: Whoa, dude! So um. it's either
3: I've I've narrowed down the okay. culprits. It's either the Osea face wash that I've been using. That could be it. Okay. It's um, either the double cleanse that I've de- started implementing, the oil cleanser, which it could be it. 100%. Or the only other thing I could think of is the jet lag summer Fridays mask, but I don't think that would do it.
2: Mm, that wouldn't take out blackheads. You know, it might be the double cleansing because it's like mm. really flushing the shit out of yeah, your face. Yeah, yeah. I, I do your think- Your pores are being fleshed. I
3: know. I'm just, I saw it and it was like God, you know, like what another God, culprit you know started crying- and
2: it was a beautiful moment God sir I crying. look like I
3: just left a heyday facial
2: <laughs> we love heyday um I was gonna say it might also be the hum nutrition that we're taking
0: oh because my skin
2: has been, Yellowing. wait and yeah i take Since the daily the s- cleanse the s- no the skin squad yeah but i take the daily cleanse which also clears out skin and like imperfections so as well. i think i think that might be something something look code we-
3: okay sis if you want some <laughs> home nutrition yeah exactly
2: um honestly it's sponsored but it's not sponsored because like it, it's the only thing that i have changed in my routine and my i haven't seen it. pimples who is she i haven't seen a pimple come
3: up on my face in months yeah no i'm actually feeling the same exact way this is not we are not supposed to read an ad for hum this week but i'm just gonna leave all the links in the show notes because you guys need to get so i take the daily cleanse which has been really helping my skin and you take the The skin skin squad skin squad and probiotic yeah 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 Yeah,
2: something uh something's going on there oh talk about pre and probiotic guess who was in my dream last night oi ara cats oh, of seed who we also had she's, on i think she's like both of our expanders just like her soul is like something i wish to uh become when i'm older yeah and um she was just like so soothing you know oh my god in such Ara fashion she was like okay guys i have to finish the podcast because i'm gonna go bike to venice and it takes a long time I'm all the way here from west hollywood i was like what and it was just like so hurt to be like biking as a form of transportation I don't know we were like doing a podcast with her and she just like had to leave to go bike
3: she didn't say that on our podcast
2: this is my dream oh I look (laughs) so confused I was like I don't remember that at all no it was my dream so she's obviously like seeping into my subconscious and it's like obviously something I just need to you know I'm trying to be more soothing uh and I I guess that's what my subconscious is
3: trying to tell me you're not you're not succeeding at that right now because you're talking 45 miles per hour um so we keep forgetting to mention this, but we have a little scavenger hunt for the sisters oh, who
2: are yes. single and live in San Diego. If you are single, if you live in San Diego, if you're Jewish, Jewish. if you are Jewess, Jewish. we have someone to fi- for you to find on The Hinge.
3: We're not going to tell you his name. He is basically our stepbrother, He's essentially. He's our stepbrother.
2: And um, the other day I was like, okay, how are the apps? Like, tell me about everything about the apps. Because I we never got the Fortune. <laughs> Dude, I have a
3: fascination with the apps because I've never been on the apps. I
2: think only single people are fascinated with the apps. Everyone who are on the apps are like, fuck the apps. Okay, so regardless, I was like, okay, what's going on with the dating life? How's COVID dating? Like, what does that even mean? And he was like, oh, I'll show you my Hinge profile. I was like, amazing. Let me see. The first Photo is a photo of him with Scout and I, and it's like I'm like, wait, why are we? Wait, first of all, we did not consent to being on your Hinge profile because we're not present on the apps. Okay, oh, but now we are. But now we are much. We he didn't even notify us. We did not. None of this I'm getting like dizzy. You're talking so fast. Okay, sorry. So basically, what the scavenger hunt is is if you're single in San Diego and Jewess. Uh, you don't have to be Jewish. Hinge swipe. Is not a Jewish app. Okay, swipe, 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 and find our
3: stepbrother because you'll see a photo of us. I look like a blind bat because the the sun is seeping directly into my eyes and I look very ugly. And Mads looks super hot. I
2: look so good. So and um, our stepbrother is shirtless in this photo, which I think that was the reason he put it. Um, he's like, yeah, I look really good. And I was like, wait, okay, but are, are you also like? Are you doing this because it looks like you're, like, with girls and you, like, get girls? No, because the the caption
3: is on my mom's fridge. So he's, like, saying we're his sisters. Okay, but, like, why do you put that on your Hinge Okay, well, we're really honored to be on We're so honored.
2: Yeah, we're all – guys, we're on it. We're on
3: Hinge. We're (laughs) on Hinge. So if you sisters find our stepbrother on Hinge by locating the photo of me and Matts and you match with him, we're not sure what's going to happen, but it's going to be something good. Yeah. Well, how do they no- notify us? What okay, do you DM tell us? him? No, 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 no. Oh, tell him. Tell him. Say okay. So send me when Can they when they talk. You talk somehow. Oh, you talk. I think you instant message or something.
2: Well, you do that if he likes the person too. So yeah, what if he what doesn't saying, like him They have to
3: match. Oh, they
2: have to match. They have to match. This
3: is like a giveaway, but we oh. don't know what the prize is. Oh. Okay. So uh, just sisters,
2: find us on Hinge. <laughs> find us on Hinge. <laughs> Shout out Hinge. Oh wow. <laughs> Good times. Good times. Um. All right. <laughs> We've
3: never had a pause like that I'm in the podcast. Try. I don't know what else. Honestly, to, say. to be quite honest, my my senses are a little bit overwhelmed right now by your presence. Yeah, um, I think I I, I do that to
2: some people. Like
3: I'm shaking, and I'm I think like- I'm shaking too.
2: I don't know what's going on. I think it's the coffee. It's the it's the excitement of you know. There's just a lot of things going on.
3: Oh, is there? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that, you know, oh well, yeah, we just had Thanksgiving, which was lovely. We had a nice little picnic on the beach, which mm-hmm. was also great. Um, but anyways, I signed up for the Pathway Lacey Phillips yes, membership. Yes, I need to do that. And I want to do it with you because I think we should go through it together and check in. I think it'll be really good for the both of us to kind of get in that little extra therapy session. And it's mm-hmm. if you're listening to this, it. They're having a Black Friday sale until the 3rd of December if you still oh, want wow. yeah, to hop on it. It's a yeah. long one.
2: Yeah. yeah. Do it with us. Um, It's basically just unlocks all of her workshops and lessons, if you will. Um, It's it's self-taught. So like you go through them on your own pace. It's not like every month you have to do homework. It's more so that you just get access to everything.
3: Yeah. I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of the next. We're going to step- unblock some of those shadows.
2: We're going uh, to reverse the limiting beliefs.
3: I feel like there should be a meme of Mads and it's like um, listens to one spiritual podcast. We're going to
2: unblock the shadows. We're going to unblock the shadows. Oh, my God. The universe has our back.
3: Yeah. And that's, <laughs> I'm still waiting for you to believe that. Um, but anyways, uh, sisters, if you like OK Says Podcast, we would super appreciate it if you would rate us five stars and leave a review. It's our favorite thing ever. And text... Text an episode to a friend.
2: I think that's the best uh, form of organic growth. Yeah. Okay.
3: (laughs) So um, you're just on a whole other level. And I just (laughs) want to announce, because I think there's power in speaking things out loud. Oh. And Mads has noticed this, is that I'm going through a little depression. Mm -hmm. I'm going through anxiety that's not just like regular anxiety, but linked to depression. And Mm -hmm. I'm feeling very overstimulated. By everything. And well, this when- was a
2: hard holiday because a lot of people were around, and there's a lot of family and events. I mean, obviously, with quarantine, we're not doing as big of events but we're just seeing our family but it's still a lot more than I mean I've, I literally haven't seen anyone I also months. have this
3: thing where when there's an event or like a holiday or a vacation and there's this expectation of it's supposed to be a happy time you're supposed to be having a good time you're at a party you're at a hotel you're on vacation like you're supposed to turn off and be joyful that's supposed to Really weighs on me, and Mm -hmm. then I always self sabotage it, and then I have a hard time being happy because I'm like being told how to feel, you know, instead of just organically being relaxed and having fun with
2: my family. See, I don't think that you're alone in that, I think that's a very, very real thing around holidays, around vacations, Mm -hmm. around traveling. I think, specifically, when you travel, I mean, obviously, pre COVID, like. You know, on Instagram and all over, we only see the highlight reels. We only see these beautiful places, but we don't see the like plane getting delayed and then the travel this and then all the just like nuances of and and exhaustion that comes with trying to like be happy the whole time. And you're like, oh, fuck, if I'm not happy, then I'm like ruining the vacation or ruining the time. I, I, I I succumb to that too.
3: Yeah. And we had four days off and this is the first time I've actually taken four days off of work. Mm-hmm. in about 2 years like that long of a period and i put pressure on myself to feel relaxed mm-hmm. to unplug and I did to a certain extent, but there's just so much coming up for me this week. And a lot of them, like things are just like, I'm purging stuff and it's still happening. Like yesterday I cried a bunch. I think I need to like, when you leave, I'm going to go and just be alone and do some Lacey Phillips. I'm going to start and just be alone for a few minutes because I think that one, the stimulation of being around our family on a year where we're not used to being around people, having plans when we're not used to having plans, and then the um, additional heaviness of 2020 and holidays and them not being the same and people not you know seeing their families and stuff I think it just all became very clear what kind of world we live in right now and, and it made me upset.
2: 100% I think everyone is feeling very similarly to you mm-hmm. um, especially because this is coming out on a Monday but I mean the Sunday scaries are real right now for me I mean, I'm just trying to you. You see me being energetic and positive and excited and overstimulated, but that's only because I'm probably making up for the fact that I'm just like dreading the grind. I'm dreading going back, even though I love what I do. It's just like there is still a Sunday scary that yeah. component, and it's and it's so true because like. Do I feel completely rested from this four four day weekend? Not no. entirely. You know I what need, I mean? It's I like, need two days to recover. From I need the four like day a weekend. day. I need like a day between right now because I'm driving back to LA. It's like this is not really a day of rest for me. So it's just, yeah. you know, it's not. We all just like pack so much into the four days, and then we're just like, well, fuck, we didn't actually relax. Yeah,
3: I think that for Hanukkah and New Year's, I'm not really gonna do anything.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, for New Year's, for Christmas and New Year's, I am going to Carmel and Big Sur, which like that to me is going to be restoration. Yeah, like that is restorative.
3: Being one with
2: the nature. I just
3: think that even though the only people we saw this weekend was was our immediate family, it just kind of was like, okay, we have to like go back into quarantine now and like go back into hiding. Like that was a lot. I mean, I'm
2: going back to L. A. where it's full, full, full lockdown. Oh, is it? It's full lockdown. It's, there's no restaurants. Eating outside? No eating outside. Oh, wow. And, um, you cannot meet up with people outside of your quarantine bubble.
3: What about hotels? Are they open?
2: Hotels might be open, but like probably not the restaurants, like nothing outdoor dining, nothing. Wow. That's intense. It's very intense. I hope it helps and I hope people adhere to it. And, uh, I mean this past week probably didn't do much to help the pandemic, but yeah, I just I want this all to be
3: over. Yeah, we're we're, we're almost there, you know, and then say and It's a light at the end of the tunnel, whatever the fuck they say. Um, But we have some good news that we can't share with you now, but we will tell you where to go to find out the good news. Um, We are going to be announcing a little project that we've been working on in the next few weeks. We don't have the specific date of when we're announcing, but we will be announcing first to our secret Facebook group. So it is a... Secret project vibes. It's a limited situation, so you got to hop on it. So if you are interested... Um, in, I don't know, this secret project, Uh, <laughs> join our secret Facebook group at OK Sisters because we will be announcing it there okay. and this link will be in the show notes too for you to directly go.
2: Incredible. Yeah.
3: So let's talk about this episode because...
2: Oh, wow.
3: This is probably the most unique episode that we've ever published on OK Sis, I
2: would say. Okay, I would say that. I mean, so... We talk with Alexis Haynes, formerly known as Alexis Nyers, if you've uh, watched Pretty Wild growing up and know the iconic pop culture moment of her screaming at the reporter in Vanity Fair saying that she didn't wear Louboutins, but she wore brown kitten heels. Um, You know, at that time, and it obviously has come out since then, she was highly addicted to drugs, um, very immersed in you know, the Hollywood scene and the club scene uh, there in like the early 2000s. And um, she has blossomed into this empathetic, strong, capable, mother and woman. And she she essentially owns, her and her husband own a rehab facility in Malibu that she runs and helps many, many people get sober and maintain their sobriety. And then also she has a podcast called Recovering from Reality. So she's stepped into this new role in her life of helping people and uh, spewing wisdom of what she's learned from that experience. You know, we just kind of remember her like that. But this is a whole new, improved human and beautiful human.
3: Yeah, she definitely um, kind of exemplifies the Mother Earth energy where she's just so grounding and nurturing, but she's also alert. Like she... Kind of throws reality into your face and says, "This is what's going on." And so, this I think we asked one question, and the whole thing just went into this crazy conversation where Mads was bawling, I was bawling. Yeah, it, guys.
2: Yeah, an okay
3: says first. Mads cries on the pod, and I'm two years later. Mads cries on the pod. I've cried on the pod, but I there's moments, and I think I'm gonna leave them in where. I bawled and I had to say I'm sorry. I just don't feel like I'm recording an episode right, right. now. Like it
2: was so well because we we moving. definitely went yeah we def I think why you meant to say it's unique is because like we went not off script but it's just it is very the the format is a little irregular for us and obviously because it was very emotional and she brought up a lot. Um, this is this was also recorded before we even knew Joe Biden was going to be president. It was the day after Election Day. Yeah, so like we were all sorts of all over the place, <laughs> of course. Yeah. But um, I don't know. This is this is a really cherished conversation, and you know, at, I remember getting off this conversation being like, "This is why we have a podcast. Yeah. This is why we make connections with the people we do. It's because." You know, we had maybe one expectation of who Alexis Haynes was in our mind, and now it is completely turned on its head, and we are so thankful for her her existence and spirit.
3: Yeah, and so if there's anything you take from this episode, it's to, you know, pump a little more empathy into your heart. Mm -hmm. And maybe this week we can all do one good thing to a stranger, whether that's buying them a coffee, the person behind mm-hmm. you buying
2: a coffee, helping someone with their groceries, complimenting somebody. Maybe because it's Cyber Monday, if you're listening to this on Cyber Monday, buying from a black-owned business, yeah. I think that uh, would be Vogue really
3: has a really great um, black-owned business gift guide um, that I'll link here as well. Um, so, yeah, I think that exiting 2020, uh, starting the holiday season, the election is over, Um, I think that we can all focus on being empathetic. And I think what I learned the most is that being empathetic and helping people doesn't mean joining a cause and volunteering 10 hours a week Mm -hmm. and donating money. It means complimenting a stranger. It means helping someone. It's something so small. It means checking in on that friend that seems a little off on social media maybe. So Um, I think that Alexis really encouraged me to just let kindness seep into my small actions Mm -hmm. versus thinking that kindness and making a difference in this world comes with grand gestures, which it does as well, but we can also help on a micro level. So enjoy sisters and we love you. We love you. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S.
2: Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Hello, Alexis. Thank you so much for being on OK Sis. I mean, we're fangirling over here. We're huge fans of yours for, you know, a long time, as most people who are probably listening this.
3: You're our target demo. You influenced our high school years quite profoundly. And then it's so fucking awesome to see where you're at now because it feels as if it was a really beautiful progression that we can all learn from and we'll get into it. But my husband's in recovery. So there's like so many things that I I totally look up to you, but it's it's definitely a wild moment to have
0: you on the
2: pod. Amazing. Well, thanks for having me, girls.
0: This will be fun.
2: All right. First, let's do current fixations. Scout, why don't you start? Yeah, my current
3: fixation is the T brand and I'm going to sound like an idiot, but I'm going to try to say it in a French accent. Um, Bon temps, which is bon temps in English. Um, We actually were introduced to their brand like a year and a half ago. We did like a giveaway a long time ago. And I was recently at phar- uh, Remedy Pharmacy in San Diego and I saw that they sold it and I'm trying to get off too much caffeine. Um, definitely not, not like I'm, I'm still drinking coffee in the morning. Don't worry, I'm still well. But, you know, that <laughs> afternoon pick me up, I really didn't need the iced coffee with the shot of espresso in the iced coffee. So I have been trying to go more towards green tea. And so I found, I don't know, bon Tom. I'm going to sound like an idiot. Bon Ton. Bon yeah. Ton. You no, know, you're good. I'm good. You're
2: okay. good. Own it. Okay.
3: So I got their green tea, and I've been drinking it every single day um, with a little bit of lemon, a little bit of apple cider vinegar. I have it iced, which is a really nice little afternoon treat. And why I love this brand so much, we've talked about them before. One, their branding, it's super groovy. It's like 70s, so it kind of feels vintagey and fun. And it's also female run with super clean ingredients, um, all of the good stuff. So you feel really good supporting them. They're a small female run business. Um, You know, the ingredients are a plus quality and they're a cute brand. And so it kind of makes me happy every afternoon when I have my little iced green tea. Um, So yeah, that is my current fixation.
2: We love to see it. We love a tea moment, especially a female focused tea moment. Yeah. And I haven't,
3: I'm, I'm not a tea girl. I've never been a tea girl. I've always been a coffee girl And so all of a sudden I find myself reaching for tea all the time, even at Starbucks. So, you know,
2: life is changing and I'm evolving and this is just one of the ways. (laughs) Okay, my current fixation. I have just started this new book. Um, I'm probably really late to the game because so many people have recommended it to me. It's called Maybe You Should Talk to Someone by Lori Gottlieb. And she is a therapist and she basically recounts these hilarious stories of her patients, but then also her experience in therapy. Therapy. and I know it kind of not sounds boring because we're huge therapy advocates over here, but it's really witty and she's an incredible storyteller and writer. It's very amusing and intelligent, intelligently written. So, um, you know, it gets into the psychology of, of people and, you know, why we go to therapy and the, all these different, um, these different stories. So I would highly recommend it. I just started it and I, it's one of those books where I I get so excited to start reading it again and i feel like i was in a reading rut so glad to be out of that rut sounds up my alley Yeah. oh yeah it's definitely up your alley for sure okay alexis what is your current fixation
0: so i am a huge fan of this southern california local brand called OCM malibu i pr- talk about their skincare and body care line all the time female-led brand Um, and they send me goodies all the time Um, and recently they sent me they have this thing called the Vegas Nerve Oil and it smells like a spa and I put it on the back of my neck every night before bed and they DM me and they're like Guess what? We're making it into a pillow spray. So, their Vegas nerve oil, they turned it into a pillow spray. And now, every night before bed, I spritz my pillow and I feel like it's just a moment for me when I'm climbing into bed to shut down all of the noise and sniff my pillow. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I love that because I just got their ocean cleanser,
3: I don't know, a month and a half ago. And so, that was my first product introduction to Osea. And now I want to try the white algae mask. I mean, I have a long list of, of things.
0: They, their stuff is so good. It is. I'm, I was introduced to it. I went to um, Catalina Island, and they only have one little spa there. And so I went in, and they did the white algae mask on me and i was really impressed with it and so then i picked up the white algae mask and ever since i've just been such a fan i don't know if you guys are in la but they have a little spa you can go to now i don't know if it's open because of covid but you can go it's in venice and get a facial it's great i i didn't know that i have to sign up for that that sounds amazing really i love it it's it's they're just really good people
3: yeah. It seems yeah. like a really wholesome brand.
2: Okay. Alexis, this, as we mentioned before, we are, we're huge fans of yours. I mean, I think most people probably know you from, you know, the iconic pop culture moment. You know, everyone knows the the viral moment of you on the phone about your <laughs> blue batons and brown kitten heels. But, you know, you've looked at this, your past with this sense of humor, I mean, but you were obviously suffering from a really tragic drug addiction and you talk a lot about that and your recovery. And as Scout said, it's been so illuminating to see how much you've grown and where you are today. You're a mom, you are sober, you are um, an extremely amazing healer. So I think we want to start with the transition that you have made and how how you kind of navigated that middle part, that transition from being in pretty wild and then coming out into this incredible new version of yourself.
0: Yeah. Um, do you have three hours? Because <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's a that's a <laughs> fuck long question answer to answer. I think that the messiness is where the growth that happens, right? So, um, and there are stages to that. When I entered treatment at nineteen as a twice convicted felon active heroin addict who had just burned down their entire lives on national television, um, <laughs> I wasn't really truly ready to take the necessary steps and actions to um, to really do the work. So it happened in stages. I will say, you know, we're coming up here on a decade of, of sobriety and a decade of growth. And, and it's looked like a lot of peaks and valleys right and in the beginning i would say that um there it was a wild ride the thing that finally made it click for me that it was time to do the work because even when i entered treatment i was kind of like this is really like a you guys problem not like you collectively you like you know, it's my mom, it's my dad, it's the abuse, it's the sexual abuse, it's the rape, it's the violence, it's the trauma, it's your problem. Like I'm actually fine. You know what I mean? Like I didn't really realize that while while I can hold them accountable, I have to still do the work. I'm still responsible for doing my own work. And so I remember um, I would have these like gnarly panic attacks in early sobriety. And I would call at the time I was in AA. I am no longer, um, but I would call a sponsor, my sponsor, and she she would just give me these little nuggets of wisdom. Um, I would call her in a pure panic and she would say, I'll call you back in five minutes. And then she would just hang up on me. And what she was trying to teach me was how to sit in the discomfort of life. Like that your panic is not going to, to kill you. Um, and so, you know, that was kind of like the first realization that I had that like, I don't need something to check out of my reality. I can make it through these difficult moments. And so it was kind of like every little difficult moment that I would make through, which in sobriety has been everything from miscarriage to almost dying of blood clots in my lung to suicidal depression, to lots of lows, right? Like that many numerous deaths, um, lawsuits. I mean, there's lots of really challenging things that I've had to work through in sobriety. Um, And so she was teaching me to learn how to be like the compassionate witness to my pain. And what grew from that was then like, oh, okay, well, when is the pain finally over? Right? Like, but when is it over? And I remember her saying to me, and here's a little other negative wisdom that really, I think these two things have really stuck with me throughout my entire journey is that whoever told you getting on the spiritual path was the easy path was a fucking liar like being and I was just talking I did a live on this on Instagram today like I think that in especially in wellness right now we're seeing a lot of self-love just love yourself and you know it's very and we do this a lot in the western world of like self-love like love love Just love and care for yourself and, you know, don't, no codependency, no, we hear a lot of this. For me, sitting in the discomfort of my own pain led to me being a compassionate witness to the collective pain that the entire world is going through and that when I live So, these are kind of the three parts, right? It's like being compassionate towards ourselves and others, recognizing that things aren't always going to be easy, and then being of service and living of service. Like, those three things are kind of like the fundamentals for everything else. And this whole idea of, like, well, if I just love myself more, then like everything will be fine. That there's truth to that self exploration usually leads to radical self love, but you won't truly find peace until you have radical self love for the black mother whose son was just killed by the police, the children at our border, the five hundred thousand children in foster care, the women in the middle east, and they're ba- like you know do do you understand what I'm saying so it's like it's The last 10 years has been a lot of highs and lows, but with this consistent kind of beautiful, profound knowingness of like what the solution, how you can stay peaceful in the chaos. We
2: talk about a lot about this in terms of how self-care has been branded as this like kind of superficial, put on a face mask, take a bubble bath, and you'll feel okay. And it's like this, this, um, you know, like this commodification of it and there's capitalism around it. Whereas it's fucking hard work to care for yourself and to love yourself, like in a deeper way. And I think what you're trying to say is like the superficial type of self-love and like the, you know, the social media trendy posts and what have you. Whereas, you know, going to therapy and, spiritual practice. I I know Scout is is very into spirituality. Those are hard things. Those are hard journeys that require a lot of self-honesty and a lot of internalization, which, you know, when I went to therapy, I was like, okay, like great. This is gonna be me working on myself. Whereas it is really hard to continue that practice because it takes a lot of bluntness with yourself and again sitting with that discomfort we talk about all this also a lot and that's something i struggle with is like when there's pain i'm like okay how do i fix it how do i get out of this how do i not have pain anymore whereas that's not the solution that's just a cover-up and that's a band-aid whereas the 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 biggest self-care and self-love practices that you could do for yourself is sitting in that discomfort and actually feeling those emotions which I don't think we're comfortable with honestly
0: yes and what I'll say is that I think too so what I'm saying is yes a face mask all that stuff it's all great like go do it and yes, doing that inner work and sitting in the discomfort is important. Yes, go do it. But I am of the firm belief that we are not okay until we are all okay. And so what I'm seeing a lot right now um, and what my sobriety has taught me is that the only way that I keep this peace that I have and and, and this comfort and knowingness and, and trust is is by giving back. And I think that right now we're so focused on self-love and just taking care of ourselves, which I get it. It's hard. It's hard because we are living and operating in a society that our brains were never supposed to operate like this. We weren't supposed to be receiving this much information every day, having the chronic stress, having to work two and three jobs. It's hard to think about anyone else in this world, but I'm saying that the, the key to my peace, and I think to achieving a more peaceful world is to move out of constantly focusing on liberating and setting ourselves free and, and of that, and instead learning to live and love others. I think that there's multiple pieces to this. And so it went from, you know, especially for women believing that we had limitations around how much we could do to liberating ourselves and moving into this, fuck the man, which this is part of it, right? Cause there's stages to healing still as a collective of as, as women. And, um, to saying, you know, whereas women are, you know, going and and wearing their pink hats and marching in the streets, which is great, you know, going to school, getting a degree, you don't need to rely on a man. All of this is amazing. Self-love is amazing. And what I'm saying is that for me, a, a part of my healing and a part of my mission is yes, to help other women specifically liberate and free themselves, but to to really be emphasizing the importance of caring about others and working towards helping, you know, helping other people.
3: Do you think, though, in a projection of healing and the steps that one has to take to kind of get to the point that you've gotten to in that statement, that one has to go through the individualized internal healing like for example if you put yourself back at the age of 19 when you were going into rehab do you think that you had the capability to hold that vision of collectivity and connection before you were able to quiet or to resolve or to heal or whatever verb you want to use with the inner experience that you were going through
0: There's a fine line between um, being of service and escaping, right? So when I went into treatment, um, I was already doing a ton of activism and service work. Um, Whether that was making coffee at a meeting or sponsoring a girl, even when I only had 30 days (laughs) or, you know, Responding to emails of people who were in the same place that I was at or whatever it might be. Um, Yes. Now that can easily, if you're not checking in with yourself and being accountable to yourself, be a form of escaping. I'm someone who owns a drug and alcohol treatment center, right? And I see this all the time, especially in women where they come in and instead of wanting to deal with their own traumas, they start mothering everybody else so all i'm saying is that i think a lot of the times people hear my story and go she went from this and now she's this and it's kind of it looks very linear it looks like she went from hating herself and using drugs to loving herself and she's a mom and she's doing all these things and there's just so many Pieces in
3: that. Yeah, I love this because I started working with a spiritual mindset coach this year to heal or to learn how to manage. I have bipolar disorder, Mm -hmm. and I was always terrified of the pain. I was terrified of an inkling of depression, an inkling of anxiety, because I didn't know if it was going to completely wipe my life out. And so I was working with her and there were moments and there was a lot of spiritual undertones, which you're right, feels like you're literally being cracked open with a hammer at times. And there were moments when I was feeling connected and seeing the glimmer of hope and feeling strong, you know, implementing my new mindset tools. And then for three days I'd be down and I would go to her and be like, well, what the fuck? I did the work. I feel better. Why, why do I feel down these next three days? And she always had to remind me that healing is not linear, it's cyclical. So we go in phases with our healing practice. Of course, we want to get stronger and stronger so that that cycles feel more and more bearable or we feel more at peace within those cycles, but that doesn't necessarily mean that our healing or our experiences on this earth will be in a linear fashion, no matter how much it looks like you have your life together and that you're a mom and that you're this. Yes. You're probably a lot more up here now than you were when you were 19, but that doesn't mean that your experience is still not cyclical and it still doesn't go down.
0: Yeah. And I think as women too, we often forget, um, that we work in a cycle, right? Like, we have phases every single month. We are not like men in that way. Um, And as I was mentioning before about how our brains were literally not meant to operate the way that we used them we were we were we thrived if you look back in history on when humans thrived we thrived in hunter-gatherer societies where men hunted and women gathered where women created where um, women raised children together where we lived in communion where we shared and had a collective um purpose and goal for the group like in a slower paced way this is not the way that we're meant to operate so the question then becomes like how do we start creating what's the vision of the future right of like if this is not sustainable which based off of So many different things right now we can see that it's not but if this is not sustainable, the way that that we're living and if the vast majority of people are on meds because they feel depressed and anxious and (laughs) whatever else, you know, I just think it's become really apparent that that we can't operate like this, and and especially as women who have cycles and phases and changes, it's just there is no space for grace, and I feel really lucky that I own my own business and that I'm able to take those days when I need them, but the vast majority of women aren't allotted that, that space to do that.
1: hmm. Ah,
2: I really love what you're saying. And I'm thinking, I'm trying to ruminate it on it in the moment because I think you're so right that we are conditioned to be focused on the individual and to be focused on, and when we think of healing, at least for me, when I think of healing, I think of it as an as an individual, on an individual basis. And what I'm hearing from you is the collective concern and the collective healing and individual healing are one and the same like they have to coincide they it can't be like first heal yourself and then you can focus on the collective it's it's this um integration which i don't think i've ever looked at it that way you know most people say like you have to love yourself before you can love others and you have to care for yourself before you can give and i really like your approach where and it feels a lot more manageable right like it feels like okay i can do this healing work Together in a community, I can, and it, it will also benefit me in in that process. Yeah, and it's it's so wait, real yeah. quick about group group
3: settings because it's what's coming up for me right now is when you were saying that my initial reaction was like, no, 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 you got to heal yourself and then you can heal everyone. But then I'm thinking about the way I healed and the way I continue to heal. And it's always my, my most healing moments were in group settings. I did the 12-step program in a group setting, and that's when my life got better, when I could be there for other members in the group while I was in my darkest days. When I, we do this podcast and talk about mental health while I'm going through a depressive episode, that's helping others. And so I'm looking back at the patterns of my healing, and it always involved helping others and reaching out to be a community aspect. But you you know when you say be of service of others, I think the initial reaction people get is, I have to go on a fucking three week trip and like do all these things and all whatever. You know what I mean? It's interesting to think of it on the micro level, which makes
0: so much more of a difference if we all participated on that level. Two things. One, if the truth was that we have to love ourselves before we love others, I don't think we would have had children. Like- I, w- I wouldn't be in a relationship right now. I wouldn't be with my husband. I mean, there are many days where I love my children more than I love myself and and, and a different type of love, right? Like A lot of times when we as humans see a problem, we have to swing the pendulum so far to the other side, right, to to think that this is what changes when usually it's this beautiful gray area where everybody gets to come collectively and, and bring their opinions. With regards to helping others, my sug- for anyone who's like, okay, so what do I do? Mm-hmm. Suggestion is this. Turn off your phone. Sit down with a pen and a piece of paper. No distractions. And grab a couple te- cup of tea and sit there. And I want you to... Allow yourself to be vulnerable. And I want you, we're so focused on ourselves all the time. I want you to think about what it would be like to be the mother of Trayvon Martin. I want you to think about what it's like to be a mother who is separated from their six-month-old at the border. I want you to think about what it's like to be a 14-year-old kid who's been in 15 different foster cares in the U.S. I want you to think about what it's like to be one of the one in four girls who are sexually abused, if you haven't been. I want you to think about what it's like to live in the Middle East in a war-torn country. I want you, just speaking about this, I'm feeling emotional. I want you to think about what it's like to live in North Korea. I want you to think about what it's like to have to flee your country because of climate change. I want you to think about what it's like to to have been in Haiti. I want you to think about all of these things and, and I want you to let it crack you open and expose. Cause that's the thing is like, we come to these places through vulnerability and through, you know, we think, oh, I've gotta be strong. I've gotta be strong. I've gotta be strong. But the truth is that in Buddhism, they call it like the Bodhisattva, like the peaceful warrior. You become the peaceful warrior by tapping into the collective pain, sitting there with it and allowing it to morph you into somebody who is fierce and strong and passionate and caring and empathetic and, and fully alive and fully connected to what it really means to be a human being. And then I just want you to write down everything. I think that the vast majority of people just have a really hard time understanding the collective pain that we're in. And the only, and I feel like maybe I'm not communicating this in the best way that I can. I'm a treatment center owner who has treated thousands upon thousands of people. I'm very much so connected with people who are in recovery from either addiction or mental health. And doesn't matter what their story is, it's all the same, it's trauma. We are constantly as human beings, I don't care if you're a white woman, woman from the suburbs or you're a black mom in um, Atlanta, or you're, you know, a Latino farm worker, like the generational trauma, all of the trauma that we are collectively in is killing us. And we have to really work, I think, right now to learn to care about these things and to do so the activism isn't you don't have to go and do a whole bunch of stuff it's it's doing that work and then you know voting it's doing that work and calling a friend it's doing that work and donating five bucks to some organization it's showing up in somebody's life it is offering to babysit for some mom who needs a break it is it is building up these communities where we care for each other again you know and i just feel like a lot of people are just constantly talking about self care self care self care self care and i just want to say that it has to be about us care we have to care about each other so that way we can move and maybe i'm feeling more of this and these thoughts are coming to me just because of what's happening today in the political climate and this election and everything that's going on but you know <laughs> i think if everybody sat and did that you know and and just stopped focusing on what some talking head has to say about what's going on in the world and really just sat there and was like with the heaviness of what is going on, it, it will motivate you to and inspire you to be a part of the change and to be a part of something greater than yourself. And in those depressive episodes, like you said, Scout, like when I've been suicidally depressed in sobriety, the only thing that's gotten me out is caring and thinking about other people. That's it. That's the only thing that set me out of those moments. And so it's just such an important part of of my life and of my recovery and of my my healing.
2: Okay. Um, I have never cried on this podcast. And like that, you know, it's –
4: I'm like at a loss of words because – the way you just said that which i think i think we do a really good job on this podcast of of shedding light on those stories and especially i think something that really brought us into this space was after the murder of george floyd and i think we we really thought okay this is a platform and this is this is where we help people this is where we we are able to amplify voices, and we are able to be empathetic and actually ask those questions. And yes, we talk a lot about self care. I mean, obviously, um, both of us are big advocates for that. But I don't think I've ever, I've ever thought of it this way—in a way that is, that is human, and that if you're healing yourself, you're also. You have to do the work to heal the others around yeah. you.
0: I mean, okay, so a perfect example of this is, like, it would have been really easy for me to say, when I got sober, to say, fuck my family, right? Like, I was sexually abused starting at four. My mom totally neglected my pain and called me you know, a hypochondriac since I was a little girl. Even when I had come home with black and blue eyes from my dad. My dad was a raging alcoholic, right? Like, they were pretty shitty, right? Like, it would have been really easy for me to have just gotten sober and been like, fuck you guys, I'm starting my own life. Like, (laughs) sayonara. And I'm not saying that it is your responsibility to go in and be, you know, to save your family. What I'm saying is that through small acts of kindness, through setting boundaries, and when we set boundaries, I always preface this, we set them for ourselves, not to change other people. That's manipulation, that's not setting a boundary. By by going in with a loving heart, by allowing the vulnerability, which vulnerability really just is love, right? Like when you crack yourself open and take away the hard shell, and you're able to see your parents through the eyes of love and really understanding that they did the best that they could, right? So when I started to mend this relationship, it became a ripple effect in my family. And I look at like my relationship with my sister now, which is, I just was able to be the doula at her at the birth of her first child, which I would have never thought that that would have happened. I was able to for her for two weeks after in my home my relationship with her my relationship with my dad who's still active in his addiction but you know what his life has improved because even though he's not a great dad I show up and be the best daughter that I can be and I know that it's affecting his life in a positive way and then my mom and this is probably the best part of all of this because by setting myself free and by i not giving up on them. I broke the cycle of generational trauma in my family, and I helped my mom to liberate herself. And as a result of my mom's personal love, liberation, which took so much time and patience and energy on my part, she now went back to school to become a counselor for other parents so that way they don't mess up their kids the same way that she messed up me. And so it's like, this work is so profound and it's so important. And she helped me create my life reset course. She, we have the most amazing relationship now. And, and I believe, and I don't know if, how spiritual you guys are, but I'm very spiritual that I believe that on the other side, like it liberated like our ancestors, like it liber- like the energy in our family as a unit is different now. And so whether you do it on, like, a really small scale or, like, large scale, like, you know, it doesn't matter. If you help one or two or three or however many people listen to this podcast realize the importance of community, of communion, of of caring for each other, I mean, the world is going to be a better place as a result of it.
3: I mean, I'm my mind's not even in the podcast. I'm not even recording a podcast right now. And you know, I you meet people that that have a certain energy to them and a certain message and it hits you when when you most need it. And even with all my spiritual work that I've been doing, I 100% believe that you are healing ancestral trauma and I I I don't know if I'm crying out of the beauty of what you've done for the people around you, not just for yourself. Or if I'm crying because I'm feeling pain, but not in a way that I want to run from it or avoid it, but that it's a beautiful thing. And, and just thinking about all of us being connected and, you know, obviously emotions are running high. We're recording this after. We still don't know who our next president is, but um, just there's you have something that is like an arrow that just pierces, pierces people. And I didn't know this about you and, uh, until right now, because I think we're obviously in a one-on-one setting with you. Um, and it's, it's a gift. It's a, it's a big gift. Mm. And I don't, I I have to
0: stop crying because we, so we're recording and <laughs> to stop crying. You know, to stop crying. But I will say this, like, These things are heavy topics. So what I always tell people to do because people always go, okay, so how do you get through it when you feel like, whoa. Like sometimes I have like moments where I feel, I start feeling lightheaded and I'm really emotional and I'm like, what is going on and what did I just receive? And there's a lot. Okay. So what I always encourage people to do is just to put their feet on the ground, take a collective deep breath and recognize that everything is living, right? Like the water we drink has little microorganisms in it that nourish our microbiome and the moon is making our waves, you know, come in and out. And, and it's a big part of our cycle as women. And the sun is nourishing us and providing plant life. And there's all of this stuff going on. And our planet is, is our mother right and so we can connect to her at any time and and anytime that I'm not that I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed I like to ground myself and so I'll put my feet down on the floor and I'll just imagine roots from the very bottom of my feet growing all the way to the core of of the earth and and I'm I open myself up to receiving her warmth and her love and and her energy. And I imagine it moving up through my feet into my whole body and, you know, continue to breathe and continue to allow these, the feelings to come. You're not trying to shut down the feelings. You're just trying to feel supported in your big feelings. If you weren't crying right now, Scout, I would probably be a little concerned. Like, <laughs> I mean,
3: I can't believe Mads cried. Mads has never cried on this podcast. I mean, all, all it
2: took was
0: Alexis Nyers coming on the pod for me. <laughs> we were talking about really heavy stuff. We're talking about a huge consciousness shift Yeah, that is transpiring on this planet that we – are here for right and it's not it's not easy but it's important it's not easy but it's important and you're a part of it and you're a part of it and I'm a part of it and everyone who's now listening is is a part of it and there's you know so much to to this but I just I hope that if anybody you know because like i said if i wanted to tell you start from finish the whole story it would be hours and hours but i just yeah people really feel
2: but it seems like this is the most important part of your story is this this feels like a guiding light the biggest takeaway that you have been gifted through this whole process so i mean thank you so much for for sharing it and for spewing wisdom. I think so many women who are going to be listening to this are going to feel, feel that I feel like transfixed by you and I feel inspired. And I, I think people are go, are going to feel that energy. And um, so, so thank you for, you know, you, you hit it on the head. <laughs> I mean, my question in the beginning was so broad and then we narrowed down to this beautiful, Beautiful takeaway, um, and I want to be mindful of your time, so I, I think we should ask our last question that mm-hmm. we love to ask. I think we only
3: asked one question guests. this whole time. <laughs> I
2: don't This whole <laughs> podcast, we only asked one.
3: Um, oh, we God. ask every woman that comes on here if they could brag about one thing in their life. It could be career or personal, um, and don't be humble. What would you brag about?
0: Mm, um, I would brag about my kids, I am raising, now I'm going to start going, two really incredible kids. Given the, the way that I was raised, I always think about what a miracle it is that I'm a present parent, that I'm teaching them how to be fearless and resilient and empathetic, and loving, and connected, and kind, and, you know, it's just, it's really an amazing, amazing thing, you know, um, especially with my oldest daughter, who's seven, who's just such an old soul, it's just so apparent to me, and we have the most, I mean, she's probably my greatest teacher, both of them really are, and it's, It's just such a gift that I'm able to foster their, their, just their, them. To just, to be able to pour into them in the way that I am, I think is an amazing thing. And it's a gift. And it's certain, child rearing is certainly not easy, but when I reflect on it, I think I'm doing a really damn good job. (laughs) So.
2: Yes, you are. <laughs> That's beautiful. Oh, love that.
4: Okay.
3: Love that. Let everybody know where they can find you, follow you, listen now to I, you. Well,
2: first of all, I don't. I don't need to go to therapy this week. It is apparent that <laughs> this was my therapy oh. <laughs> session. Um, But, yes, please tell everyone where they can find you, find your work, if they want to
0: learn more about your uh, center and everything. Uh, Yeah, so um, my biggest baby is our treatment center, um, Aloe House Recovery Centers. And um, we treat both addiction and mental health. um, So we're a dual diagnosis facility. And um, we're here in Southern California. And I just have the honor of – of working with people every day, and it's such a gift. And then, I have my podcast, Recovering from Reality, um, and we're really community-based too. It sounds like you guys are as well, so please join us. And then, um, I have my Life Reset Course, which is basically a full breakdown on how I healed. Right, so it's all the shadow work. It's the tools it's everything um my book is available on amazon also called recovering from reality i wrote it myself i'm really proud of it and um yeah and i'm just wishing all of you ladies um or both men and women love and just know that it's gonna be okay (laughs) and it's gonna be okay Yes. Amen. And you
3: can find us, sisters, you know where on Instagram at OK Podcast. We love you.
1: Ah, hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy.